This is Confessions of a Pastor. A relentlessly real peek behind the scenes of Journey Church in Bend, Oregon. From church in a strip club to a strip mall. Going where Jesus would go to reach people Jesus would reach. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All for the glory of God. A journey of misery and miracles. Your hosts are the founders, Pastor Keith and Kara. There really is hope for everyone. This is Confessions of a Pastor. This is Keith Kirkpatrick. I'm here with my wife, the co-host, the one and only Kara Kirkpatrick. And we're here today to bring you Confessions of a Pastor. Here's what that looks like. It's the good, it's the bad, and the ugly, all for the glory of God. Kara, hey, tell us how you're feeling today. I'm feeling a little bit like a holy hangover, I guess, if you call it on a Monday morning. Yes. We are recording these on Monday. It's a day off. We, we get a holy hangover because we have three services on Sunday, and all of a sudden, Monday hits. And what is a holy hangover? I think emotionally drained, emotionally yes. tired. Um, I would say simultaneously uh, built up and excited um, and also tired. To, to clarify to any listeners out there, it has nothing to do with alcohol, has everything to do with <laughs> an exhaustion of waking up wondering what hit me. Thank and you it's, for clarifying. It's just, it's a full day. So this is a second episode where we're, we're just pouring out our hearts. We're letting you know, last time we got together, we shared with you our story of uh, starting a church and ending up in a strip club. Now we're in a strip mall. Uh, today, we're just having an open conversation. This is not scripted. This is just an opportunity for us to dialogue and share with you what's going on in our lives behind the scenes. In fact, we're recording this uh, in our own home. So we're giving you a peek into our lives from our home on a Monday with our holy hangover. It's a gloomy day as we speak, isn't it? It is. Rainy. Vibes of Portland. Are yeah, it's, it's a gross day outside, but God is always good. So um, that, that'll get us into this conversation today, that God is always good despite what we're going through. We, we've been Amen. through a lot um, having a church. You know, we shared last time that neither of us grew up in a church environment. And so therefore, it's, it's not like we had a, a tradition of what we grew up in. So sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. Uh, there's a lot of people that have poor experiences in churches. We had none. Uh, how do you feel about that? I have really mixed feelings about it. Sometimes I am thankful that we don't. I don't carry any baggage from <clears throat> church hurt um, prior to starting a church. I would say, but mm-hmm. from my upbringing, um, didn't go to church, so I don't carry that baggage. But then on the other, uh, on the flip side of that coin, I often feel very um, unqualified, yes. for lack of a better word. Okay. Um, because I don't have that that rich history of um, parents that taught me in the ways of Jesus. I just don't yeah. have that. So Yeah, now we're the parents trying yeah. to figure out how to do it with our three kids. Yeah. You know, so when we started Journey Church now 13 years ago, uh, we were coming off of the experience that we were trained in. We did go through a church planting boot camp, if you will. Um, I read a plethora of books, blogs at the time when blogs were the thing. I mean, I I tried to be prepared how to start a church, but we only went off of what we knew. There's that profound statement, you only know what you know. Isn't that profound? (laughs) Very. (laughs) And I would say what I knew at that time in my limited understanding of church was, was a safe church. 
Yes. Uh, maybe even I'll go so far as to say a comfortable church. Yeah. I'll just define that in my own world. This is my opinion, by the way. This is not a scholarly uh, counsel or understanding of church, but I would say a safe, comfortable church is the evangelical church in America today. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and I'm just talking the majority, not all, not all, but the churches I was involved in were relatively safe. They had uh, church services on Sunday. They had programs throughout the week, and there was not a lot of stirring or, or movement towards um, taking bold, radical steps of faith for God. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm talking things that will land you in prison, as in the New Testament, mm-hmm. or beaten, like in the New Testament, mm-hmm. or, or, or radically changing an economy uh, mm-hmm. because you're professing uh, one God and the, 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 <laughs> the economy is based off of idols made by man. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. going to the book of Acts here. I mean, uh, I, I just, I wasn't involved in any churches like that. You weren't involved in any church like that. Then we started a church. And you, I started the Journey Church really going off of what I knew. And I would say for the first decade or more, maybe dozen years, we operated pretty safe. Now, some people wouldn't say that. I mean, yeah, we, and I would add safe in, in terms of um, somewhat safe. I, yeah. I think that you led, um, you pioneered the church in a, in, in a spirit of faith. Okay. Because we did step out of faith many times. Come on. But um, but probably not to the level that you're talking about yeah. reading through the book of Acts. I respect that. I mean, I, I did a lot of things that maybe many people wouldn't do. I love, um, challenging and, and, and pushing the spectrum. I don't mind a controversy. I mean, we had a billboard once in our city, uh, that promoted our, our new church and, uh, we put the billboard up. It was right above a strip club. Uh, and it said the naked truth. And then just had our website and it was just implying that all y'all going into the strip club, there's a greater truth out there. You know, I don't, I don't mind controversy, stepping out in faith. I I do have a a Peter like faith where I I do think I would step out of the boat to get to Jesus. You would have been the Um, one that stepped out of the boat. I would just say, you know, I I just holistically, I didn't know how to disciple a church to, uh, to operate in what we read in the new Testament of the church. Mm-hmm. Paul's epistles, which mm-hmm. were the letters to the churches, or even just modeling and looking at the life of Jesus. Yeah, you know that's what that's what he said in Matthew twenty-eight is to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name yeah. of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. So if I look at what did Jesus teach us, what did He command us? Uh, I mean, just looking at the life of Jesus, that's where I would say I avoided certain things like. Uh, unclean spirits, also known as the demonic, uh, possibly avoiding healings, which Jesus did a whole lot of those. Mm -hmm. And we see that even in the New Testament church. I I think I avoided it. Maybe I didn't have the gift of it. I never saw it operated in. And then also really operating in gifts of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in a way holistically unleashing the church to do that. I I think there was possibly a fear that we would be weird there are some really weird, wild Pentecostal churches out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a little taste of, I don't, I don't know if abuse is the right way, but you had a taste of maybe Pentecostal charismatic um, church your freshman year of college? Yeah, when I was 18, um, I really wanted to, I love Jesus. I just didn't know what that, what it meant to, to 
walk in his, in his ways and to be a part of the church. I, I didn't understand it. So I tried, I, I sought out um, a, a Christian college, went to my freshman year and I didn't have a clue what I was doing, went all the way to the other side of the country. Okay. And, um, as it unfolded, it was highly Pentecostal. Um, so I did experience some things that were just flat out weird, uh, that I probably wasn't ready for and I didn't understand. Um, right. So I think both of us in our earlier years of experiencing charismatic or Pentecostal, call it whatever you will, because we didn't know it, neither of us were really drawn to it. Rather, we were almost cautious. Um, I don't know what's another yeah. word for that. Um, hesitant. And, uh, hesitant. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So that, that brings us to today, which I give a backstory because today we're operating in a way we've never operated before at Journey Church. We're for lack of a better word, leaning into the gifts of the spirit at journey church, unlike anything we've done before in 13 years. And it's so powerful. And ironically, you know, I think that, um, I think the season of our church was actually birthed out of, uh, a season in our personal lives where we were, Mm. we were crashing and burning and, um, we went on a three month sabbatical Mm -hmm. and I, I, I think through that season, I think God birthed something new, something that was um, something authentic and something new. We recognize that we were not um, ourselves personally operating in what you've been preaching through a series called Fullness and in in the keys of the kingdom. And the fullness of God. We didn't understand it. Yes. Until we understood it on a personal level, um, we weren't going to be able to lead a church through it. Oh, that's a great word. I mean, that's, that's... Profound and powerful. If we just stop and pause and say, "You cannot lead something yes. unless you've experienced Amen. it," you can only do so much. But it's not authentic, and it won't yes. be lasting. And Kara uh, is referring to last summer. Uh, we were really at a place where we didn't have much more fight in us. We, we almost had the flight in us. Where, where what do we do with the way we're feeling? It was a dark, lonely place yeah. of our soul. We didn't know what to do. Thankfully, we had some people in our lives, godly, more mature leaders. And one of them actually said, uh, you need to go on a sabbatical. And I didn't believe that it was possible, but the elders of the church supported us, financially supported us. Uh, a really incredible team of elders at Journey Church yes. that believed in us. We went on a three-month sabbatical, guarded our hearts from anything Journey Church for three months, and just got into the Word, mm-hmm. prayed, mm-hmm. and there was so much renewal and reset in us. Yeah. I think both of us, the main thing we walked away in is we want the God of the Bible. Yes, amen. It was a whole new fight in us to say, wait a second, the church we've been doing or the church we were discouraged is not necessarily the church we see in the New Testament. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily the, the God we see operated through the entire scriptures. And I think we both longed for more. Mm-hmm. And instead of giving up what God has done at Journey Church, we came back with a fervor, with a, a zeal. We lost, I'm guessing, a few hundred people mm-hmm. during that yeah. sabbatical season. That will probably have to be a whole nother podcast <laughs> um, because of some of the things that happened. Uh, but we came back and it was like a new church. Mm-hmm. A fresh church. The people that were willing to follow us uh, were excited. They were filled with honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were filled with um, passion, uh, support. And the first series I did when I came back from the sabbatical was called Victory. Mm-hmm. And it was operating Victory because what God revealed to me is what I was experiencing in Oregon was much like what the Israelites were feeling about Canaan before they went in. They were, they sent in 12 spies mm, yeah. 
And the, the 10 were discouraged mm -hmm. and said, we, we can't win. This is not going to work. We, we shouldn't even fight this. And I felt something similar last year before this sabbatical. Like, I can't win. Yeah, you know? they're too big. It's, yeah, it's, the it's, giants it's, are too big. And people are leaving. The people were moving to conservative states for political reasons. Yep. They were just giving up. There was no spiritual fight. And I was just, I was feeling discouraged. And But when he came back, I, I felt like God gave me the Caleb Joshua spirit, yeah. which is, yeah, there is an enemy in Oregon. And, and I'm talking spiritual here, not, not political. And the enemy is, is yes. huge. Uh, they're giants. They're occupying this land, which is not theirs. Yes. Uh, they're deceiving people. And they, they're, they're fortified. I mean, it's going to be hard. There's going to be a fight here. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I just feel like a whole new spiritual fight in me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we are in a series right now called Fullness and uh, really looking at, at what does it mean to be filled with the fullness of God. Paul prayed it over the Ephesian church. I believe today I'm not seeing it in the church at large. Mm. Although, let me just clarify too, we're a part of some tribes right yeah. now where there's remnants of revival. Yeah, so there's good. there's some like good tastes. And I'm going to say taste because it's like samples right now. It's not it's not seen in the whole world right now, but the people that are a part of it are experiencing what we're experiencing, which is the power of God at work. Yes. And what I mean by that is we're seeing massive amounts of uh, salvations. Yeah. Every single time the word of God is preached, mm -hmm. people are getting saved. Mm -hmm. And it's not a few people. It's dozens and dozens of people. Uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people right now this year, 2023, have already been yeah. saved. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing uh, baptisms. We're doing baptisms again in just a few weeks. I'm talking about water baptisms. We, we could, that's because we have a whole family that, that's saying, standing up and saying, I need, I need to get baptized. Yes. Professing uh, Christ together. At least five in that yeah. family. Yeah. I mean, this is very New Testament. You, yeah. You, you receive the word of God, you, you obey the word of God, you repent, you change your thinking, you follow Jesus, and you get baptized. Now, this is where prior to this past year, it would kind of stop there. Now, discipleship would look like we'll study the Bible, yeah. uh, serve in ministry, but now we're going further, and I want to just lean into that a little right now, yeah. because now we're saying, okay, yeah, we, we want you to serve in the church. <laughs> we need your help in, in kids' ministry and you know hospitality. We, we need those helps, yeah. but we're seeing something now where when you trust in Jesus and you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, there's an anointing upon your life that you would not have prior to faith in Jesus. Yes. And this this is now operating in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to get into the semantics of what that means right now. Maybe that's a whole nother podcast. But when you have the Holy Spirit, God entrusts you with gifts. Paul wrote often about this. He wrote about it in Romans. He wrote about it in 1 Corinthians. In fact, the church sometimes thought that some gifts were better than others. Uh, some were elevated better than others. Paul really goes on an exegesis in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 13, and 14 on what that looks like. We are better together. We're a body when we use and operate in the gifts God's given us. Yeah, the gifts are to edify the church. They're, yes. they're there for edification, yes. not for anything that's selfish. Yes, they're, they're, not, they're not for us. They're not to make us look good. They're not to elevate one particular person. Yeah. They're, to, they're to literally uh, glorify God through the church being united. And right now we are seeing that. And I want to speak into that for a moment to speak what that is, to give glory to God. Yes. Uh, we were just talking last night at a worship and prayer night we have called Pursuit Nights. And, and the, uh, our worship pastor, David, said he's uh, I'm just going to paraphrase, mm -hmm. um, seeing the prophetic moving through Journey Church in a way we've not seen before, and it's being unleashed, not in some people, but all people. Mm -hmm. uh, you said something about that to me this morning. What was your thought on that, Kara? Well, I couldn't, 
help but sit there when I was involved in that moment at the church and, and affirm in my heart mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent true because in my own personal life, if I just speak for myself, yes. um, in the last two months, I've had four, four prophetic words spoken over me personally. 100% of them have been non-solicited. I did not ask for prayer. Wow. Nothing. Four, four prophetic words spoken over me in the last two months. And they were so specific and, and right on target that I, there is no other explanation other than it is, it is the Holy Spirit speaking. It's not, not a coincidence that someone came and talked to you said, may I just give you an impression, a word that I believe God wants to tell you. I mean, that's kind of how the introductions usually start something along those lines. Yeah, the first, actually, yes, two of the four started in prayer okay. and then moved into prophetic. And mm. then the other two were by the same woman, um, two separate occasions. Okay. And they started with the prophetic, actually, and moved into scripture. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and prayer. That's powerful. I mean, we could say, well, that's a coincidence that these people are saying the same thing to you over a short period of time in different ways, using the word of God through prayer, uh, through the power of words. I, I want to turn our attention. I've turned uh, in my Bible to first Corinthians 14 and, and the author Paul is instructing the church. He says, pursue love, pursue love, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Mm-hmm. I love that, that Paul, first and foremost, he's exhorting, encouraging the church. Come on, church. Go after a life of love. Pursue love. I mean, if there's anything this world needs, it's love. And John says that God is love. So pursue love. And then he's going on saying, listen, we shouldn't avoid spiritual gifts. Uh, we, we shouldn't keep them quiet. We actually ought to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. God, what are you going to use through me? What, what can I do that I couldn't do on my own without your help? These are spiritual gifts that God puts in us, especially, he says, especially. And I just, whoever would listen to this today, I, mean, I just encourage you, I'm in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, especially prophecy. He goes on to ex- explain it later in verse 3. He says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Mm-hmm. Something happens when we operate in prophecy. Yeah. And I always just loosely give my own definition of prophecy because I have the gift of prophecy. And, and some people think, is that the foretelling of the future? I always say it's the foretelling. It's the boldness of speaking God's word. That's what prophecy is. It's, it's speaking God's word boldly, uh, specifically uh, God's word, the scriptures. And then sometimes God will give you a word to share with someone. It should be tested to say, God, is this of you? Is this yes, of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. But I, I've, I've never been a part of a church that really operated in that way because we kind of came from a conservative, safer, evangelical, um, Bible-believing churches. And they were good. They taught the Bible, but they, they didn't operate in people earnestly seeking gifts. Uh, they didn't operate in, in the prophetic. And now we're seeing that, just the example you gave. I mean, then uh, I, I saw this morning on Instagram, I saw someone post, a, a complete stranger, and the only reason I saw it is this person 
did a hashtag of our church, hashtag journey in bend. And this person, I'm just going to read what they put. They, they wrote on Instagram. So today at church in between songs, the, the lead guitarist stopped and said something that was weighing on him. He asked something so specific to what I am personally going through that I broke down and cried. He prayed for this specific group of people that was going through what I'm going through privately right now. It was such a, and then she put hashtag God wink. Today's message was so powerful. I see God working my life in ways I didn't see possible. When they say that God wants to be a part of all that you do, they mean it. And then she put some praying emojis and and a bunch of hashtags there. And I would just say, this is operating the prophetic. It's being obedient to what God's put on your heart. Sometimes it's a little bit, I don't know if scary is the right word, but maybe intimidating because it's not always crystal clear. Like I've got this impression, I've got this word, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe maybe it's a scripture, maybe it's a a thought and then you share it and then God shows up and affirms it Mm -hmm. and he's done it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it just came to my mind that last week, um, uh, someone gave a prophetic word over our 18 year old daughter. Mm. And I feel like that was a really powerful moment for her. It's the second one she's received since, since. In the last few months, yeah, in yeah. January, she received a, a mighty, powerful prophetic mm-hmm. word over her at a conference she was at. Mm. Um, and then this one really affirmed it. Um, yes. So yeah. And we've been praying for uh, that daughter specifically for a very long time for some breakthrough. And how did that breakthrough come through? Through the prophetic. And this person that Kara's referred to last week that gave a word uh, was a stranger to her, not to us. Uh, he's a, a leader in the church, and he came over and was just talking to us, and he wanted to affirm something. And so I just said, I, I believe, and this is how he started it, that God wants you to know something. And, and then he just started sharing some um, some confirmations of what he believed that God was speaking to her. And then I just asked her, I looked at her and said, do you know him? And she said, no. I said, is he spot on to what he's saying? And she said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it was just a confirmation that God will use even strangers to speak into you. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a weird word. It wasn't out there. It was just a confirmation that God loves you and that your identity is not in your parents who are pastors. This this is the word that he was giving to her. And it it was a lot of what... We need her to know right now yeah. that she is enough, that God made her, and that, that she wouldn't be defined as a pastor's kid, a PK mm-hmm. for all those mm-hmm. out there that typically know can be pretty messed up because the church is full of people. Wherever there are people, there are problems. <laughs> but yet now we're seeing God operate in the prophetic to say, hey, don't let people screw this up. God loves you and has a plan for you. Mm-hmm. Pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. You know, I saw another story just yesterday at church. Uh, there was a, a guy who wrote on uh, Facebook this week. I was at the gym. I saw a complete stranger, but felt like God gave me a word for him. So he says, I was obedient and shared the word. He says, was it terrifying? Yes, but I did it. And I was faithful to God. And then I invited him to Journey Church this Sunday. Well, that was a week ago. He, he shared that word uh, sometime during the last week. Then he came up to both of us yesterday yeah. and shared with us I was, he said, I was in church and uh, I was worshiping, went through the message and then came the altar call. This is the time where I challenge people if they want to surrender their life to Jesus for the first time. And, and I, I usually get really specific, you know, and I, I make them get bold and raise their hands and or sometimes stand up or whatever the case might be. And he said he was sitting there and I did the altar call 
at this time yesterday, I told people, close your eyes, just uh, this between you and the Lord, but I, I want you to make sure that this decision is real, raise your hand, and you know, I want to see who you are, who I'm praying with today, and, and, and as I did that, he said he opened up his eyes just to look around and pray for those people, and he looked to his right, and lo and behold, the guy that he gave a word to and invited to church had his hand raised. And I believe it wasn't just him. It was actually someone else in his family. He, he actually said he brought his family as yeah, well. Yeah. And someone, uh, maybe a few, I can't remember the exact details yeah. there. But he said it, was it wasn't just one. that guy. Yeah. It might have been several people also mm-hmm. from his family. Now, just think about this. This guy's life is eternally changed because someone was obedient to God and shared a prophetic word at the gym of all places. And that could be weird. It's easy to talk yourself out of that and be like, I'm not doing this. This is not the right place. I, I'm going to freak this person out. I don't know what kind of retribution I'm going to get, but what are you going to do to me? <laughs> Am I going to get kicked out of the gym? Am I going to be this weirdo? I mean, I think the last, I don't know, several decades of my life, I would have talked myself out of that. But this is what's happening now. People are operating the prophetic. God's yeah. honoring that. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is working. Mm-hmm. And people's lives are being changed. They're being saved. Pretty powerful. Yeah. I love it. And mm-hmm. not only that, we're also seeing not just people being saved. We're actually witnessing people being healed mm-hmm. physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're witnessing just, just faith, people stepping out in faith, saying, I've got an issue in my life that's too big. Yeah. I'm bringing it to God in prayer. Yeah. And they're inviting other people to pray for them. Yeah. And we're yeah. at the beginning of greater things. That reminds me of actually this um, study that I'm, I'm helping. I'm bringing some women through at the church mm. on uh, Monday nights called Draw the Circle. And it's a, it, it's a devotional and a book by Mark Batterson. And it's really powerful. We've done it together. Yes. We've um, about persistent many prayer. pastors of our, yeah. in, our, in our church have gone through that book multiple times. And there's just so much power in prayer, and it's it's a testimony to that. And so we're, I'm taking you know a bunch of women through it. And I, last week I had I asked for testimonies in front of the group mm. of about 40, 40 women. And there were a couple testimonies of answered prayer. And it just wow. what you're saying just reminds me of one specific that was she she literally went on to tell the group of women that God is healing her on such a deep level emotionally mm. from things um, that she's been processing through and praying. At, at first, it took it took a little while to understand what 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 do this, because this, draw the circle, it's a 40-day prayer challenge. Yeah. So it was a little bit confusing for people. What, do I, what am I supposed to be praying for? Mm. Um, what am I circling in prayer, metaphorically? And um, she she really came to the point where she needed to circle mm. some heavy emotional baggage that weighed on her. She's a single mom. Wow. She's been through some stuff. Mm. And she literally just said she's being set free from emotional baggage um, during this Come prayer challenge, Come on, um, which is incredible. That's, that's more amazing than physical healing. Absolutely. How great is God's love that he cares for us too? Like when we talk about the gifts, it's not just... Uh, to be used in other people's lives. God wants us to be healthy and whole and healed as well. And I'm just so grateful for that testimony. I I didn't uh, hear that before, but I I believe that's going to be a radical move of God Mm -hmm. when we are Mm -hmm. healed from our traumas, uh, whether it be in this case, it sounds like this person's divorced, uh, maybe they're not divorced, maybe they had children not married, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but from our trauma from our childhood, mm-hmm. when God starts moving and working, yes. 
now we're able to be used by God in a powerful way. Yeah. I think you and I, over the years, we were a bit confused. Like, what does it mean to, to serve God? What does it mean to be used by God? I think maybe we both suppressed our trauma. Mm. We, we suppressed it over time and we, we, we poured ourselves out. And that really led to our burnout last year. We were empty. Yeah. The vessel was yeah. empty. Yeah. We, we believed in Jesus. We believed in the Holy Spirit. We believed in prayer. We believed in God's word. It's not we weren't doing any of those. We were praying every day. Mm. We were reading the Bible regularly, but mm. we weren't being filled. We weren't being healed from possibly the trauma that we had in our marriage, from our childhoods, mm-hmm. you know, our own issues that we had to deal with. I feel like that, that sabbatical for us was a, a part of that healing process. Oh, it, it was the healing. I mean, yes. it, it was, it, it ushered in the healing. Yes. I mean, it, it gave us space yes. to to heal. Yes. I mean, I, we, we did, we saw outside help. I mean, we had a counselor and uh, I had a coach and, uh, we went to a different church. So we actually were, we were <laughs> poured into yeah. where we got to experience it as well. And, uh, and not all, yeah. And we, and we put it into practice. Yes. Like, I mean, we, Come on. we went to war for our kids yes, in that did. season. And, um, and that's, that's where I learned, you know, specifically there's, yes just power in, in proclaiming victory over the enemy, uh, in your home for your children. Yes. And when we, when we were doing that together, there, there was just, just a shift and a change. I think we've always sought the same things in our marriage, but it wasn't always in unity, but we we were praying together, having discussions about scripture together. And it's just life giving better than anything we've experienced in marriage. It's just life-giving to talk about the Bible. And you'd read a scripture, and we wouldn't talk about what, what each other were reading. And we would just, oh, man, that's similar to what I was reading. Let's talk about how that works together. And we'd go to church, and God would give us both a revelation at the same time. And it was so good to sit together in church. I mean, let's go there, and we could maybe wrap it up. And this is yeah. not regarding the prophetic and the gifts, but... For nearly 13 years of starting Journey Church, we never sat together in church. Mm-mm. No. And it wasn't intentional. It was just busy doing our own thing. Well, and it wasn't, it wasn't a priority. We didn't understand that there would be value in that. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of years that I just kind of disappeared. I, I started and ran my own business, and it was mm. successful, and it, was, it, it took every part of me, and I was very distant, so. But you also served in the church. I, I did, mean, yes. Year after year, for a good decade, you served in our kids. Yeah. Not that you oversaw it, but you were just, you were available. You mm-hmm. held babies. I mean, you you did the computer yeah. uh, behind the scenes, behind the walls, and so Kara would be doing the the pro presenter, which is the words on the screen on Sundays, and you know I'd be up preaching. We would just do our own thing. Yeah. And but as a result, like we weren't really in unity. We were both serving. But this kind of led to our burnout too. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me even emotional think about like one of the greatest gifts that we do right now is we just, um, I sit with my wife and, you know, granted, I have to go up and preach, but I just feel a new power, authority, and anointing Mm -hmm. just knowing that my wife and I are in this together. Mm -hmm. And it's not that Kara is not serving periodically now, but uh, the, the church doesn't. It's not dependent on yeah. us. We have hundreds of people that serve on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And when we empower them, mm-hmm. when we empower them and unleash them to mm-hmm. to use their gifts in the right roles. Yeah. Uh, that's always been my that's always been my heart, my dream for the church. Yes. When even when we were just baby and I didn't even know what in the world we were getting into. Yeah. My heart has just always seen this picture of the the church being so 
um, effective on mission when we are all walking in in the way God's called us and wired us, and, yes. uh, and now empowered by yes. the Holy Spirit to to really do. Um, so I, I actually love seeing the season in our church because I, I just see this army rising up. Yes, um, that is going to be unstoppable. Come on, it's powerful. It's like a new church. Yeah, you know, we came back from the sabbatical, and I think we lost a few hundred people. But we've gained hundreds and hundreds more. Mm-hmm. Our attendance is at an all-time high. Uh, our involvement is at an all-time high. People are getting engaged. They're getting involved. Uh, we're not just telling people, go serve. We're training, equipping, and we're trying to figure this out. And uh, lest anyone who hears this thinks we have it figured out, uh, Kara and I are literally on a journey. And it is so encouraging because we, as we talk about the Bible and, and these letters that were written to the church and the book of Acts, which just tells the story of how the church got started, the Acts of the Apostles that went and started these churches all over, they didn't have it figured out either. They, you know, Jesus, he came, revealed himself. Mm-hmm was crucified for our sins. The atonement of our sins was finished work of Jesus on the cross. He was buried. On the third day, he rose, revealed himself to some 500, and then ascended into heaven. Yeah. You know, and then the Pentecost comes, and the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church. And, and that early church, you know, in the book of Acts, they had no, they had no model to go off of, yeah. much like our lives. And we're like, man, we didn't, we didn't know what it looked like to operate in the Spirit, to yeah. operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, we didn't know what that looked like. We had the Bible as an example, but in our personal lives. And now it's like you read the Bible, it's like they didn't know either. Yeah. And look what they accomplished. Yeah, yeah. There were still controversies. There were still issues. But overall, it was powerful. People were healed. People were saved. I mean, it was just so incredible. And yeah. I, I believe God's doing it again, um, at least in our local context. Yeah. He's, he's doing it around the world, mm-hmm. and we get to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. There's no greater honor. I believe God's doing that, not only in our lives, so whoever's listening, I believe he wants to do it in your life. I pray he is doing it in your life. If he's not, I'm going to prophetically speak this into your life. He wants to do this. Mm-hmm. He wants you to operate in the fullness of how he created you. He wants to heal you. He wants you to know that he loves you so much. He's given you spiritual gifts to do things you can never do on your own. And when you operate in that, you get to see God work. He gets the glory. Mm, it's, yeah. it's exciting. It can be a hair scary, but I tell you, it's not, <laughs> it's not scary in the sense of like stopping you from doing it. It's, it's a growth scary. Yeah. It's getting you outside of your comfort zone. So, yeah, and crucifying, I would say, the fear of, of man. Come on. People. Get rid of the fear of man. God's been doing a lot of that in my life this year. Yeah. That's been a heavy message. Don't worry about what other people think. Just yeah. make your concern. Have the fear of God. Yeah. Honor God with everything yeah. in your heart, your mind, your soul, even with your actions, with your strength, your finances, all of those things. So today, this has been an honest conversation about where we are right now and operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, specifically today, we talked about the prophetic word, what happens when we pray. We get to see God work. People get saved. People get healed. And that happens in our lives as well, that we get to experience it as well as people get to pour into us. We hope and pray that over you today. You'd know there's hope for everyone. That includes you today, our friends. Hey, I just feel the need to pray. Can we just pray? And we're going to pray. And we're we're so glad you joined us on the second episode of Confessions of a Pastor. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much that you are working through your church. This was your plan from the beginning. Jesus, you said, I will build my Mm -hmm. church. So we just say, would you do that? Would you build your 
your church. You gave us everything we need, including the person, the power, the Holy Spirit. We thank you so much that you're working today through our lives, and we pray for more. We say, God, would you continue to do more, even through the person that's listening today. May you encourage them to get into your word, to seek your will for their lives. And God, we just ask that we'd experience your kingdom come, your will be done, right here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, so be it, and amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the journey of Confessions of a Pastor. Please hit subscribe and rate. We are better together. See you next time.